Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey guys, and welcome to the Dog Speak podcast. I am Nikki Ivy, your host. I am thrilled that you are joining me to talk puppies, dog training, real life manners, and more. Be sure to check out our Facebook page as well as our website at dogspeak101.com. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Hope you've had a wonderful week. I hope you all had a good holiday and you kept your dogs safe. Britt, how was your vacation? It was good. <laughs> I need a vacation already again. I feel the same way. So we went out of town and it was nice. It was relaxing. We got to see a lot of cute dogs. We went mm -hmm. down to Savannah, Georgia, and I, I know I laugh about Clark being the Irish doodle. And I have probably not had a dozen Irish setters in my 25 years. Mm -hmm. But down in Savannah, I saw two real Irish setters. Yay. I wanted to go up to them. But they kept walking away. But I wanted to go up to them and see them because I haven't seen Irish setters in a long time. And be that person? Yes, be that person. Well, I would first ask. I did ask to pet. Mm -hmm. So I did. I saw a Rottweiler. And of course, I'm like, oh, may I pet your dog? And she's like, well, Yeah. And after I asked her if I could pet her dog, I asked the dog if I could pet him. Mm -hmm. He had he wanted nothing to do with me. He said no. He said no. And he said no by turning his head away from me, sniffing the ground, basically ignoring me. Mm -hmm. And she kept trying to push him to come be petted by me. So I had to tell her, no, 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 it's all fine. He doesn't want to say hi. That's okay. Yeah. He doesn't have to. And that's something we really need to be aware of. Mm -hmm. um, I want my listeners to be aware of that. That if you ask somebody to pet the dog and they're okay with it, you then have to ask the dog. Yeah. I think so, uh, some humans get embarrassed if their dog doesn't want to say hi. Like, I've been guilty of it because I know how much she loves people. But then when she's somewhere and she's like, yeah, no. I'm, I'm like, I don't want the person to take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> That's so the thing. You can't worry about the people. <laughs> You have to only like, worry about oh, your dog. She's going to hurt their feelings. <laughs> it's not about them. 
I mean, truly. I... And then I'm like, well, my dog's not like, you know, person aggressive or, you know, whatever. Maybe she's an introvert sometimes. Anyway, I I know. So I'm like, I promise she likes people. Just not, she's not in the mood. I mean, you. it was 100 <laughs> degrees down there. People are walking the dog in the heat. Uh, it was Boy. very crowded. It was obviously July 4th weekend. Yeah. So it was really crowded. Um, and then I had, I was sitting there just people watching because it's what I do. And um, I actually had a couple come up with their two dogs. And they were like, oh, Chocolate would love to say hi. I'm like, Woody. <laughs> Woody did Chocolate really? want to say hi? Chocolate did not want to say hi. Aww. So I tried to... I talked to Chocolate to see if Chocolate was interested. Nope. I was like, oh, I don't think Chocolate's interested. That's okay. Yeah. Right. So it was amazing to me how many people were you wanting know, their dog to be. You know who was interested in seeing you? That was Sunny. Sunny. So Sunny at the Ordinary Magic Shop. Hey, Sunny. Okay. Sunny was adorable. And if y'all have not seen Sunny's picture on our Instagram, You've got Is it the one where she's given the eye roll? Okay, I don't, it might, no, I think that was the one where she was looking at me all cute, leaning on my bag, (laughs) but whenever Jacob and I were sitting in the floor, my, this is my niece's boyfriend, we were sitting in the floor in the middle of this, in this shop, uh, loving on Sunny, and there's this one picture where Sunny looks like she's giving a side eye, I don't know if to mom, like, I told you people love me. I'm not real sure. It's really the cutest it's really cute. thing ever. Sunny was adorable. That's actually the only dog I petted on while I was there mm-hmm. was Sunny. And Did that was one withdrawals? of the last days. You know what? I didn't have withdrawals. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't have withdrawals. I did go and irritate some cats in a bookstore. Oh. So, um, there yeah. you go. I did go say you hi to some cat cats. Fix. I did get my cat fixed. So people are like, oh my God, Nikki, I can't believe you didn't have withdrawals. Y'all don't understand. I deal with dogs that want to bite me, mm. right? Or dogs that jump all over me and scratch me to death. So sometimes I just need a break from people and dogs. Yeah. I actually went for the first few days by myself. Um, and I was alone. And it was it was nice. You know, it was just nice to not have any responsibility except getting myself back to the hotel mm-hmm. on July 4th. Oh, fun times. I got myself in a little bit of... A little pickle, a little pickle on that one with July 4th. I couldn't get an Uber back, and uh, it would have been like an hour walk through a little bit of a sketchy area, and I obviously listened to too much true crime because I found a Kroger, Mm -hmm. and I made sure that the security cameras caught me. Oh, jeez. So if I ever came up missing, you'd know what I was wearing and what time I was there, my last known position. This is why you can't go on vacation before everybody else. (laughs) I want to thank uh, Ash and Elena from Morbid Podcast. They've taught yeah. me well. So, yeah. So, that's what we did. So, what are we talking about this week? Uh, we're going to talk about more in-depth of canine enrichment. Okay. Uh, because the enrichment is so important that I think that we are losing sight of really kind of even what that means. I think a lot of people think that just walking their dog is enriching or letting them play with other dogs enrichment. Um, I want to talk about some specific enrichment, mm-hmm. um, but I think that we need to first define what enrichment truly is. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, So to kind of be a little nerdy about it, I'm going to read the definition here, um, but enrichment uh, is, and this is something that they do in zoos, 
This mm-hmm. is a really big thing that they do in zoos. You know, they used to not do it in in the zoos and, and areas of that. But this is something big that they've been doing. And this is something huge that needs to be done in shelter environments. Right. Uh, so that's kind of really where it started. And I think we're just now kind of coming around to seeing how important it is to our dogs. But enrichment is learning what an animal, um, animals, what they naturally need. Um, and then structuring an environment for the animal that allows as much as possible um, in captivity, uh, allow them to meet those needs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you, uh, you know, you have dogs that genetically have certain things that they were bred to do, right? So, and we have to look at that, that each breed truly has those different desires, right. those different needs, um, those genetic predispositions are there, even though... You know, we've been breeding these dogs for so long, those don't go away, mm-hmm. right? So uh, we have to make sure that we're looking at the breed specifically. Uh, so when you're talking like the herding breed, right? We're talking about Isabella. Yeah. Um, her natural instinct is she likes to chase. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is she does not chase bicycles. She does not chase skateboards. She does not chase cars, which we a lot of our herding dogs do that I see. Yeah, praise, praise Jesus. She doesn't do that. It's because you're giving her so many opportunities to do that in her environment. Sorry, cats. <laughs> <laughs> her and Steve are big buddies, right? But you look at something like dachshunds. You know, people think, oh, dachshunds are so cute. And they're just little puppy. They're just little small dogs. They just want to sit in your lap. No, guys, dachshunds were bred to hunt varmint, to dig holes and catch varmint. That's why they're so long. <laughs> Vermin. To get down. Did you say vermin? Vermin. 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 <laughs> vermin. I kind of like vermin better than vermin. Varmints. Varmints. Vermints. <laughs> you know, rats. That's, Moles. That's what we're going for. There you go. Look, I've been up since real early. Today was prison day yeah. for retrieving independence. So I've been up really early and dealing with those guys after two weeks. Whew. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. So... Dachshunds, they're diggers, right? So that's something that doesn't go away just because we no longer really use them for mm-hmm. that. Uh, and then when you look at things like scent hounds, right? Scent hounds are going to use that nose, but you know what else scent hounds are? Very vocal. Oh, yeah. That's how they let you know. Yeah. They're vocal. So if you don't, if you live in an apartment and you don't want a barking dog, don't get a beagle. Or a bloodhound. Or a bloodhound. I think the beagle's probably more... People are like, oh, it's small. I can get a small beagle. I swear, one of our neighbors, bless them, has a beagle. Yes, they do. I was uh, I was sitting outside not long ago one evening, and I heard this this poor little dog that I thought was being mauled by something. I panicked, so I like walked down the road to make sure someone's dog was okay. No, it's just a beagle in the backyard barking at the fence because it was bored. <laughs> or there was a rabbit over or a there, rabbit or, a squirrel, or another dog or something. Another dog. It was barking at something. Anyway, it sounds like it's dying. Yes. I mean, viciously being attacked. Yes. <laughs> so we really need to think about these things when we're picking out dogs, you know, or realizing that that's something natural they do. We need to give them the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. Now. Um, dogs do have a lot of natural behaviors, but they also have a lot of instinctual needs. Um, things like sensory stimulation, which is that olfactory, that nose work. I don't care what kind of dog that you get, nose is important. 
and even the poor things like the pugs, they nose is important. That is their primary mm-hmm. sense, right? So right. we got to make sure we're giving them an opportunity to really use that nose. Um, another thing that dogs, dogs are scavengers. They're going to eat food wherever they find it. Right. And, um, you know, they're not going to hunt for it unless they have to. Because if there's easy food to get, why would you go hunting for mm-hmm. it? Okay. But you do have scavengers, right? Scavengers who are like, I will hunt. I will find that food. Um, and, and that is really the act of finding food. So if you have a dog who counter surfs, all right, well, you got some natural behavior there. Something smells yep. good up there. I'm going to go check that out. Mm-hmm. That is some normal behavior for these dogs, right? Getting into the trash. Yeah. Again, normal. Doesn't mean your dog is a bad dog. It's maybe something we don't want, right? So we take something like getting into the trash and go, okay, my dog is foraging, scavenging. They're, they're trying to find some food. What can I do to mimic that? Mm-hmm. That is, it is okay for me. So maybe I take a bunch of um, paper. Uh, maybe it's the, what is the brown um Stuffing paper that you get in a lot of the, the delivery boxes. It's just yeah, that's just packing, brown packing, packing, packing paper. paper. Yeah, you can take packing paper and rustle it, ruffle it all up, and throw some treats in there or their kibble in there. Throw it on the ground. And let them go to town. It's sort of like a cheap snuffle mat. Yeah, and they can tear it up. They can rip it. Mm-hmm. I have one client who literally saves all that packing material. And, the, and it's sitting over by the toy box. Mm-hmm. They can go grab it anytime they want, and they can tear it to itty-bitty pieces. Oh, wow. And I think that is a phenomenal idea. And I guarantee she probably has very few holes in her backyard. Mm-hmm. And she's got like seven dogs. So, yeah, you know, uh, she does have a beagle that's really old. Um, but I don't think she does much anymore. But And she's very quiet. She hardly ever barks. Hi, skater. Um, so those are some of the things that we have to make sure that we're looking at our dogs and saying, you know what? My dog needs this, mm-hmm. right? They need to use their nose. Um, so I'm going to use my that's enough because Dayan is licking all over herself. So Dayan, that's enough. Thank you. That's how y'all use that's enough. Just so you know. FYI. FYI. She was just licking consistently, constantly. It was irritating. So, um, and that's enough just means licking is okay, but I'd like for you to stop right now. Um, but she's in, I think, a little discomfort. Uh, so that's where that's coming from. But anyway, back to enrichment. Um, giving them an opportunity to use some of that. But some of the other things that dogs truly need that we're, we're not going to get as in-depth into right now. But I do think it plays a part, which is one, dogs need to feel safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really important. Um, and that safety is is really the condition of being protected from harm, whereas they also need security. Um, and the security is um, knowing what to expect, because that's important, right? So knowing what to expect helps them feel secure so they feel like they do have a safe place. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to, it, it's kind of the feeling of being protected, right? So it's like, I need to feel safe, but you offer me security. Yeah. Right. So there's the difference there. And there's great ways that we can do that with dogs and give them the opportunity to make choices of what that looks like. Um, and of course, we got to give them an opportunity to exercise some of these normal behaviors in a safe way. Okay, so if I have a dog who loves to chase cars, that's dangerous. We can't do that. Right. Right. So we have to think about what can we do? One of my favorite things is to take a remote control car 
put a little string to the t- to the end of that bumper, mm-hmm. tie a little feather or whatever is fun for them, and let them chase away. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, the dog is fulfilling that need in a safe environment. Yeah. But also at the same time, we have to be aware that there are some dogs that don't do well walking in like neighborhoods with a lot of cars. That's very overwhelming. Right. Uh, so a lot of, I see a lot of the herding breeds have struggles with walking these neighborhoods because people live in neighborhoods there. I mean, there are a lot of neighborhoods, you got a lot of cars, you got kids on bicycles and we look at this and we see our dog going after all of them mm-hmm. and we think, oh, my dog is such a heathen. It, it can't walk. I need loose leash walking. I'm going to put a prong collar on it. What we're seeing there is a natural behavior that this dog has been genetically bred to do but being done in an inappropriate environment and not in a safe way. So don't eliminate that. We need to make sure we're finding a way to let them out, let them get that out. Mm -hmm. Um, So I had a little Boston Terrier yesterday who loves to go after anything. And I remember when I had my daycare and I would have my Friday night socials, Um, We had this one Boston Terrier that would not come to play with all the other dogs. It would find the biggest ball in the room Mm -hmm. and spend the entire, entire, (laughs) entire (laughs) hour trying to put the ball in its mouth as it's pushing it and chasing it and Mm -hmm. barking. Yeah. The entire hour. And that Boston Terrier just loved to chase. And I'm finding a lot of Boston Terriers do. Mm-hmm. So what I did with this one, because this one walks in the neighborhood, likes to chase cars, people, dogs, bicycles, mostly cars, um, is I got my little remote control car out and I worked on walking around that toy that has all the animal stuffing on it. Mm-hmm. And he'd already seen it move. I walked around it and... As long as he stayed calm and I didn't ask for much, just pay attention and walk with me, then I would give him permission to go after it. And I put a specific word to it. And after about five or ten minutes of that, we started with it not moving because he was a little afraid of it Mm -hmm. while it was moving. But after five or ten minutes of that, he was pretty exhausted. But cars were going by, people were going by, and he could care less. Right. He had no desire to chase at that point. Probably because he was really tired, but also because that instinctual need was taken care of. Yeah. I, I think so many times we try to take that, you know, quote unquote, prey drive away. Um, I get a lot of calls and emails about that. How do I keep my dog from chasing everything it needs to stop? Um, and I think the misconception is if you let a dog do something like that, like chasing the, um, the toy car, it's going to amp up that desire to chase everything else, almost like you're teaching it to do so. Um, but you're saying no. Correct. <laughs> and I can see what you're thinking that because you're thinking, well, if I'm reinforcing this behavior in one place, we talk about jumping. Right. If I reinforce jumping when I come home, then my dog is going to use that jumping elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But that is a learned behavior not an instinctual right need right so i think that if we can give them safe places then that desire to do it elsewhere is going to diminish and so in my class last night we had a couple of dogs that could not get their nose off the ground 
I mean, they were just were not having a good last class. That nose was on that ground. Right. Which was fine. Uh, but to help with the walking, um, I instructed them to, to do some games at home that allowed them to do some sniffing so they didn't feel the need to do that. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think there's a difference between a need to do something versus I want to do this or I've learned to do this to get something. Right. That makes sense. Right. So, yeah, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to take those natural genetics and put them into something positive. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people will, um, if you if they're in an area where there are sheep, and a lot of sheep farms will allow you to come in mm-hmm. and run your dog. Yeah. I say a lot. I couldn't name you one. We used to, I think there used to be one somewhere in Middle Tennessee, but I don't know if they still have it, but... That is something that we take that desire and put it into something more positive. Yeah. With the sheep, not the cats, not the children on bicycles, not the skateboarders. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, do know that this is something we need to be aware of. And knowing your dog is important, right? Knowing what your dog likes, what your dog finds reinforcing, what your dog even sees as a consequence. We need to recognize that um, and realize that. Not every dog is going to be the same. Mm-hmm. And not even every herding dog is going to have that same desire. Right. Right. I think that you're even going to get some that are like, yeah, I may be a herding breed, but you know, I'm kind of lazy. <laughs> I'm not really into it. Yeah. I mean, you're always going to have that. But overall, when we look at it, we need to give them an opportunity to uh, use some of that. But, you know, not only do we need to look at giving them that enrichment there, but also making sure that we're meeting the needs uh, just overall physically, like their health, mm-hmm. making sure that they are healthy, that they have a good, solid nutrition. Um, even just making sure, like with hygiene, that we're not overdoing things with things like hygiene because it affects us. So d- you shouldn't be bathing your dogs every week because you don't like the dog smell, right? Because they're... Skin is not set up for that. The pH is different. Um, dogs really should only be bathed every maybe six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but if you have a problem with doggy smells, things of like that, you can use some waterless shampoo. All right. So we need to think about the dog, what the dog needs, not what the human wants. And that's big with the with the bathing. Yeah. You know, bathing every week. It's not. It's not good. Mm-hmm. And I used to have when I uh, way back in the day when I worked at a vet clinic and we had grooming. We had dogs coming in every Friday. They were like the old women that would go get their hair yeah. set every week. They would come every week for a bath and a groom. And that's very unhealthy. And it, and that's about the human, not about the dog. Right. right so we got to make sure we're not doing things just because of, you know, us. That it's more about the dog. And that goes with physical exercise as well. Mm-hmm. And one of the important things that we need to really discuss when it comes to enrichment and, and we're not just talking, you know, using the nose and things of like that. But one of the things that we all need in our life is the ability to have some control mm-hmm. um, over our environment, over making choices that's going to give us a good outcome. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, simple things that you can do with your dog. I feel like we're so... We're so rigid with our dog's schedule that we don't give them opportunities to really make any decisions. Right. So not just problem solving, but making decisions on 
where do they enjoy laying, right? Do they prefer their crate being in a different area, right? Mm -hmm. So if, if we, like, I think that if you and I, we could talk, if we had to say, okay, where's Isabella's favorite place to lay? Mm, well. Because she, she has choices. Yeah. Right? So what is her favorite place to lay just during the day? Mm, it's under the table here. Under the table. By my feet. Exactly. Right? <laughs> if we kicked her out of here, she'd probably find another place. She'd be fine. Right? But we're taking away that opportunity to make a choice. Mm-hmm. Now, and I understand that it's sometimes not ideal to have your dogs under your feet. Not saying that. But I think that we can look at little ways like that to give dogs opportunities to make choices. Right? Where would you like your crate to be? Where would you like to lay? Mm -hmm. Right? So instead of me telling my dog, go get on your bed, I just say, go lay down. Yeah. I don't care where. You choose. But just go lay down somewhere. Stop staring at me. Just stop staring at me. That's, you know, a big one. Um, Another thing is like, Okay, Isabella is a great example. Isabella is our example for everything. Um, in the wintertime, Isabella's preference was outside. Mm-hmm. It bothered me a lot. I'm like, oh my God, she's going to freeze to death. Why is she outside? She's outside in the autumn and curled up in a ball. Why? And I realized that that was her preference. Yeah. That's what made her feel better. I had no right to make her come in because I thought it was too cold. Because she needs to be in the heat. Because <laughs> she needs to be in the heat. So those are little things like that. I think if we start out giving our dogs opportunities to make some decisions, um, I, can, I think it can make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, even interacting with humans, like we just talked about, right? Don't ever force your dog to interact with you. I never force a dog to work with me. If a dog doesn't want to train with me at that time, I'm not. we're not training. I'm not going to force a dog to come say hi to me. I'm not going to force a dog to be petted by me. It's not about me. Right. And also, even with play, imagine, well, Isabella really likes a lot of play. She loves tug. But she also likes to chase the ball. I would venture to say, and you can throw in your opinion, it's your dog, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that tug is her favorite game. Oh, yeah. She never says no to tug. But sometimes I'll throw a ball and she looks at me like I'm dumb. Right. She's like, I'm not going to get it. It's hot out here. Right. I want to play tug, right? The funny thing is how many people go, no, I want to play fetch. Yeah. So we're going to play fetch. So we're not playing at all. We're not going to play at all. If you don't want to play fetch, I'm not playing at all. Instead of going, how do you want to play today? Mm-hmm. You know, I used to, I remember I used to do that with my uh, dog, Tiba. Um, I would, I wouldn't do it with play because she wasn't real playful, but I would put out three collars that I decided that I would like for her to wear one of those. I'd put out three collars, and I'd put them out in front of her, and I'd say, okay, which one do you want to wear today? And she got to pick. She would sniff, and she would pick, and she would pick it up and give it to me. That's awesome. Right? We can do these things in, in little moments, like little little times. Like, if you take your dog for a walk, let them pick which direction. Stop going the same dang route. Yeah. That's what we did yesterday with Isabella. She was kind of bored, so we did a sniffy walk. And she just went wherever. You're like, you're, it's your walk. You do it. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing is we got to find ways to give them opportunities to make decisions. All right. And, and give them some control over that. They need that because it's just, it's not, not appropriate for us to always dictate everything. They're, they are 
their own little dogs or their own, I was going to say their own little people. They have their own brains. They right. have their own emotions. And we need to recognize that, that, you know, I get so many times people are like, I want to teach my dog to play fetch. Well, does your dog play fetch right now? No. Won't even chase the ball. Okay, then we're not going to teach your dog to play fetch. Your dog doesn't want to play fetch. (laughs) That's like, you know, it's like with our niece. I tried to get her to play. I tried to get her to play sports. And she tried. But it's not, it's not her thing. She likes it okay, but it wasn't her thing. Yeah. If I forced her to continue doing that, that's not going to help her be a better human being. Letting her find her own path. And she's turned out to be an amazing human being. I mean, we just spent a week with her. And she's an amazing human being, right? So it's giving her that opportunity to make those choices of what she likes, not what I want to see her do. Right. It's like if you get a dog and you want to take them to agility class, great. Check it out and try. But if your dog's not into it, don't force it. I see a lot of dogs that um, when I was doing agility or teaching agility classes, people would bring their dogs to agility and the dog could care less. Mm -hmm. But they were just adamant that they were going to do agility. And yeah. that's what we have to be careful of, right? If you take your dog to the dog park, instead of going in there and immediately start throwing the ball, why don't you wait and see what your dog wants to do? Because there are some dogs that no matter what, you throw that ball, they can't help it. They have to go get it. Mm-hmm. Genetically, they have to go get it. It doesn't mean that that's what they want to be doing in that moment. Give your dog a chance at the dog park to play with other dogs. Then if your dog doesn't want to play and it's not interested in sniffing around and they're waiting for fetch okay do that but don't force your dogs to to do things just because you want to do it mm-hmm. makes sense doesn't it yeah awesome so when we start talking about some enrichment and there's going to be some fun things that you can do for enrichment i really want to focus a lot on just the the sniffing um some of the foraging and scavenging um, and and really using food for that. There are a lot of things that you can do. We've talked about snuffle mats in the past, right? Those are great. They're like a little carpet with different holes, different pockets. Those are fun. We actually probably need to get one. Uh, I found a real cool one on Amazon the really? other day that I'm stoked about. All right. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. It has different levels. And that's what we need. Um, also... Um, there are a lot of companies who make them for pigs as well, and those are also great for your dog. Really? Yeah, they have. Um, that a, makes sense. A lot of different um, textures on them, and so don't be afraid if you see it and it says it's for a pig. That's brilliant because rooting. I mean, pigs root, dogs do the same. So you you can use the pig ones, and a lot of times they're less expensive than the ones for dogs. Yes, there you go. See, that's again, it's taking those natural instincts. Also, never eating bacon again. And putting something, (laughs) and putting something um, that is appropriate for them to um, root in. So, yeah, that that's the great thing is you can you can find many different things. But I don't want you guys just stopping at the snuffle mat. Okay, I want to talk about um, some DIY enrichment toys. Now I'm going to have to, and I'll, then I'll let you guys know next week which ones Britt makes. I was going to say, like, you're not going to put it together. Well, I'm not doing it. No, I'm just telling you about it. Okay, cool. Thanks. Um, something that we typically all have, empty paper towel rolls. Those you can um, start easy 
uh, by um, just pinching, putting food inside them and pinching both ends. Uh, they're not really closed that big, but that makes it real easy. You can pinch both ends or tie both ends and poke holes in the paper towel roll so that the food falls out of that as dogs pick it up, roll it around, throw it. It's sort of like a tricky treat ball. Like a tricky, a treat, tricky ball. treat cylinder. Yes, exactly. And you know what? You can also do the same thing with a PVC pipe. Oh, yeah. We used to use PVC pipes uh, in search and rescue for training uh, uh -oh. when we would put human remains odor inside the PVC pipes right. and punch holes um, around the PVC pipe. And we could bury them. We could hang them. We could hide them in, in things. And it was great. So the difference is we didn't have anything that would come out of that. Mm -hmm. With the PVC pipe you make here, you can put holes to have food come out, treats come out. So you can easily do that with PVC. And that's yeah. easy, right? And if, if you just, it's a screwdriver or a, a drill, you just drill holes in it. Mm -hmm. But guys, you have to make sure that the holes are big enough for the treats to come out. <laughs> I literally saw a toy the other day. The client was like, dog wants nothing to do with it. Well, the pieces of food that were in there were three times the size of the hole. Yeah, I'd get bored with that, Right. Too. So we have to make sure that we're putting the right size in That's there. That's a cruel joke. <laughs> I know. Uh, she's like, no, no, dog's not messing with that. Um, they have, you can do things like cereal boxes. And same thing. You can uh, tape up the cereal boxes on the ends, and you can poke holes in it. Because uh, that's a little bit of different. It's not going to roll like your paper towel roll. So they may have to find a different way mm -hmm. to get that. And we have some cereal boxes. So that's something you can, you know, what we need to do is we need to make them and then video you using them and we'll put them on the Patreon page. Yeah, for sure. Yes. So if you're not on Patreon, get on the Patreon page. Plastic bottles. How many plastic bottles do people have? When you use plastic bottles, the best way to use the plastic bottle is to take the top off and seal up the top of the bottle with something like tape so that they're not getting the top off and yeah. chewing it. Yeah. And you can, again, you can poke holes in it. That's a fun way. Some have used um, like wooden rods and put plastic bottles through the wooden rods, mm -hmm. like the big two liters, and, um, and the tops open. And then you put the rods on, I guess, two pieces of wood. See, obviously, I am not the DIY expert. Yeah, I'm having a hard time picturing and, what you're and, saying. Well, right and the dogs now. have to hit the water, hit the bottles to turn them over to get the food to fall out. Oh, I out. see. Okay. Right? So it's like a dowel rod. Gotcha. Yeah. Do some research. Google that. I'm going to go out to our recycling bin. Yes. And uh, I'll start putting some stuff together. Exactly. Right? This is so good that you can do. Cupcake pans. Right? Take cupcake pans. Throw some food in some of them and put balls on top of them. That's, so they have to find which ones to use. That's an easy starter one. Exactly. A cookie sheet. You can take some wet food, smash some food in there. You can do um, frozen stuff on there. Uh, there, you know, I mean, the cookie sheet is got to get a little more. Or you can sheet, buy a lick mat. A lickety mat. You can also <laughs> do. Um, we love the lickety mat that the dogs um, have to lick the peanut butter, or you can squish hydrated food in there. Uh, anything like that, those are great because licking helps to take stress down for dogs. Right. right? Um, so it's actually a soothing, just like the sniffing is. Dogs can't feel stress if they're walking around sniffing everything. Yeah, Isabella's trying to get under the table right now. That's her spot. 
I'm sorry, am I in your way? Yeah. I already had to move the cat out of my chair just so I could sit down. And now the cat's up here wondering when I'm getting up. Um, what I gave Isabella not too long ago was an empty peanut butter jar. How'd that go? I wasn't she here for that. She loved it. I just basically said, here you go. Clean it as much as you can. And she had a good time with it. So with that, it was more of a licky thing. Um, not as much of anything else. So she really laid down. And something I was doing in my class, but that you could easily do this uh, for your dog, is if your dog likes to hunt, take some uh, plastic Easter eggs, mm -hmm. put some uh, treats in there. You don't even necessarily have to put holes in it if you're there to help the dog out. Have them hunt it out, and once they find it, you can go. You can open it and give it to them, or you can put holes in it to where once they find the Easter egg, they have to pick it up and throw it around to get uh, the, the food to fall out. And you can hide that in high grass. You can put it in the backyard. That's actually sometimes a little bit more fun than taking the treats or food and throwing them in the backyard mm -hmm. to have them hunt. So hunting is something you can do with that. Yeah. Um, but if you have like a sin hound, teach them that when they find um, the egg or whatever it is you've hidden the food in, that they get to bark to alert you. And there we go. We've just given them an opportunity to use their natural skill. That's cool. Right? Um, and so that's, again, it's it's taking these natural instincts and using it towards something uh, that's a little bit more positive for the human. But also very good for the dog. Now, obviously, you can buy things for enrichment. Uh, they do have snuffle mats. If you have dogs that really like to problem solve, the stationary toys are good where they have to kind of learn to push it with their nose or, you know, move this thing and move that thing. Um, you had, you got one of those for Isabella. Yeah. 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 She enjoyed it. The puzzle toy. Yeah, yeah. We still use it. Okay. Especially good. on rainy days. Has she gotten it to wear, um, the hardest part of it? Uh, once. Oh. Uh, she, we're working on her stamina. And that's that mental stamina we're talking mm -hmm. about. Not physical. Cause she will get frustrated and just lay there and be like, I'm done. And that's another <laughs> thing is, is we do got to make sure when we're starting out with enrichment. You have to start out easy, okay? So when you guys are doing enrichment with your dog, start out easy, okay? Don't make it so difficult the dog gives up. And you have to make sure that whatever it is you're asking them to uh, work towards, like treats or food, is worth it. Yeah. Right? Don't ask a dog to go out and hunt for its food in the backyard that's going to take them an hour when you're feeding them something that they barely will eat out of a bowl. Right. They're not going to hunt for that. Okay, so you want to make sure you make it easy. Um, obviously, dogs that love to push things around, the Tricky Treat Ball is my favorite. Um, of course, uh, there are some different versions of that. And then uh, anything that you have dogs that really like to use their paw, you can do something like a wobble toy. Something where they have to kind of push it over where it'll wobble but won't fall down. Uh, you can do some things like that. Mm -hmm. But the biggest is, you know... It, not saying, well, you know what? I got my dog a snuffle mat because my neighbor has a dog and, oh, that dog loves the snuffle mat, so I got my dog one. And my dog won't really do anything for it. All right, well, number one, let's ask. Is that something your dog is into? Two, uh, does the dog like what you're putting in there? Three, is it too hard and you're asking a kindergartner to do an eighth grade test? Right. You got to start small. And start with simple things. And there's a lot of information on the on the internet that you can get. And I know I've mentioned in the past, but there is a Facebook group on canine enrichment and people are very creative. 
very creative. I do love still doing like a baby pool mm-hmm. with throwing a bunch of plastic balls or bottles in there and throwing food on the bottom of that. Um, if you have a dog who loves digging, use a baby pool or a baby dig pit. I had a client who had one which was brilliant. They got the baby um, sandbox that has a top on it. Yeah. So if you have cats like ours, they're not, they're not going to use it for the litter box because the cover the is on turtle, it. The old turtle, the old turtle sandbox. Yes, it was a turtle sandbox. It was exactly what it was. It was a turtle sandbox. Man, we had so much fun with that girl. Yes. So you can use that. So if you have a little dachshund who loves to dig, give them a sandbox. Put some things in there they can actually dig for and get. So something like a fun toy or a really good bone that they can chew on. And there's, if you, here's another thing, is you can easily buy some toys that either already have scent on them or you can buy scent. So you can do like animal scent or plant scent and mm-hmm. you can put that on a toy, throw that, let them play with that toy. Not only are they playing with that toy, but they're also getting this scent. Yeah, Gray gave me um, a good one today. The brand is called Playology. Ooh. Uh, and they're the scented, they're durable rubber toys. They've got balls, they've got bones, um, and they are scented. What are they scented with? Uh, all kinds of different things. Awesome. Yeah. Beef, beef is prevalent, is a prevalent one. Uh, I looked at a few of them. So, yeah. I tell you, it's really, I think there are so many things that we can do that we just have to think outside the box. Right. And, and give our dogs to me, I would say that if you had to pick one day between doing a training session and doing enrichment, you need to do enrichment because if you're not giving enrichment to your dog, then all the training in the world's not going to fix the problems that you think you have. Mm-hmm. So enrichment is huge. Seeing what that is, and what that looks like, and then base your training around that, you know, even doing something like a flirt pole instead of if your dog isn't into really doing a walk around the neighborhood, then do a five to 10 minute flirt pole exercise because your dog likes to chase that. Instead of, well, we're going to force him to walk the neighborhood where he's chasing cars he can't get. Right. And that frustration kicks in. And How about get a flirt pole? You made a flirt pole, which is pretty I cool. did make a flirt pole. Yeah. And Isabella didn't care anything about it. So I may have to get that back out now that she's older. But yeah, those, it's just finding things again for your dog to do and get creative. You know, if you guys have some ideas on what maybe you've done, send us an email. Let us know so we can let our listeners know. Um, Because I think we all get stuck in a box, Mm -hmm. right? And um, I, my creativity is, right now, I still feel like my creativity is kind of few and far between. Um, I thought I'd pick some up on vacation, but that didn't happen. Um, So sometimes I get stuck in a box and I just can't get real creative, so reach out to that Facebook page. Watch what other people have done. Get some ideas there. Uh, There's some really interesting things out there. And and really what I've told you is just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more. Do you you have anything that you think off the top of your head of of what you see or do that, that could, I don't know, enhance a dog's need to even just sniff? Or dig. I mean, you don't have to do a sandbox. You can always find a certain area in the yard. But, you know, I was just thinking, I'm sitting here looking at you, I'm thinking about the litter box. 
Mm-hmm. How dogs love to get in a litter box for kitty litter. Yeah. To eat the kitty poop. That we're, we're speaking from can, a personal standpoint. Right. I wonder if there's somehow we can mimic that with the sandbox outside, but not really using real kitty poop. I, I guess you could use that treat. It smells like kitty you poop. You just don't want your dog eating the sand. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that goes back to like the paper tearing. If your right. dog and if your dog tears up paper and eats it, not a good idea. Watch them. Yeah. Um, same thing with toys. Well, with any toy. Yeah, let yeah. them seek and destroy toys. Find cheap toys and let them destroy it. Be right there to pick that stuff up. Yeah, especially that squeaker. Right. Yeah. Don't. Don't not give your dog toys because he tears everything up. If he likes to tear things up, that's part of the enrichment. Find things that he can tear up. There Don't just stop giving toys. Dollar Tree toys. Yes. Or yard sale toys. Or, yeah. I So many times I go into people's homes, I'm like, where's your dog's box of toys? Well, he has like one because he tears everything up. Okay, that tells you right there what he enjoys doing. Mm-hmm. Let's find ways to give him that. It's those little things, man. Yeah. Little things. I'll get uh, like the closeout toys if I have to run into like PetSmart or something. They've always got them in the bins. They're like a buck a piece. There you go. I'll just grab a couple or bargain stores, whatever. Yeah, because our dogs do like Because I know they're going to destroy it within 10 minutes, but they're going to have a great time. Well, funny is they do destroy some. We have that huge lamb that's the half the size of Isabella. It's a giant lamb They've chop. They've not you guys. torn that up. But they chewed the small lamb chop. They did chew the small lamb chop up. And that's okay, right? It's just that's what they enjoy to do. We want to make sure we're giving them that opportunity. Because I'd much rather it be their toy than my comforter Uh, or my pillow. Or my carpet. Or your carpet. Whatever. Exactly. We don't have problems with chewing, which is good. No, we really don't. Um, But I do know a lot of clients that do. Um, And especially if your dog has, you know, some anxiety issues, sometimes you can get some chewing because that uh, can help de-stress as well with chewing. Uh, so instead of it being something like your comforter, your socks, your underwear, um, you'll want to make sure you find things that you can give them that they're they're allowed to chew on. So I know I put you on the spot of thinking about some things. Yeah, I got you got nothing. Nothing. Just got nothing, y'all. <laughs> also vacation brain. So yeah, because we've only been back two days, um, but we're glad to be back, and um, we appreciate you guys, and really hope that um, you've had a good holiday week, and I hope y'all missed us last week. And, um, I don't, I do know that coming up this month for podcasts, we actually only have a couple of Tuesdays left for podcasts. Um, I would like to do another listener's questions, um, as on for the 27th. Mm -hmm. So if we can come up with some listener's questions, if you guys have some questions, send them in, uh, send them in info at dogspeak101.com or podcast at dogspeak101.com. Is that email still working? It sure does. Awesome. Um, obviously y'all can tell I don't check that. Um, but if you have questions or again, ideas for an episode, let us know. Maybe some of your questions will give us an idea for an episode. Mm -hmm. And, um, but we're going to probably talk more about enrichment as we continue on and get a little bit deeper into those things. Uh, we're going to really talk a lot about making sure that our dogs are emotionally satisfied and what that looks like, and how we can change our behavior in order to help them be the best version of themselves. It doesn't necessarily go with training a behavior, but really just our attitude and our thought processes on things. So uh, that's what you can look forward to. And um, I appreciate you guys. 
and oh, as a heads up, when is the, I did an interview today mm -hmm. um, for a, what is it, an online, it's like an online seminar that they're going to have a ton of speakers on that's going to come out in September. We'll keep you guys yeah. posted on that, um, but it's not just, it's audio and video. So they're going to have a ton of speakers, and I was, I'm very grateful that I got to go in and talk about dog communication and body language. Yeah. So y'all keep your ears open for that. We'll have more information about that in the next few weeks. Yeah, and I'll put it as, um, as info, as, as content before every podcast. So mm -hmm. even if you're listening to an old podcast, you can still get the information. Um, and we will be doing an online communication seminar again. So be prepared for that as well. We'll let you guys know the, uh, the dates and the times for that. Yeah. So uh, got anything else to add there, Britt? Uh, Aren't you glad to be back in the office? Yeah. Awesome. Well, we love you guys. Hope you have a great week. And again, please rate and review anywhere you listen to the podcast, but also uh, share this with friends and family. Get us out there. Uh, more and more listeners. Uh, let everybody know that we're here. We are. We want to make sure that we're giving everybody information that they need. And of course, check out the Patreon page if you've not been there. Patreon.com slash dogspeak. We would love to have you as a Patreon member. All right, guys, have a wonderful week.